You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Yeah, did you, you find depressed. that way? No, sir, no, but I mean, I'm, I'm in a funk. I'm overcompensating because yeah. we have this gloomy weather you're, here. You're a funkasaurus. <laughs> we have gloomy weather. It's like cold outside. I'm wearing a hoodie. It Baby, feels like it's fall. it's cold outside. And Halloween is over, man. I, I feel really like must go. it's one of my favorite seasons. We lead up to it. And now, uh-huh. uh, all, and now, all, and now it's done. It's all over. And it's like it, losing I mean, a friend. It, <laughs> oh, God. Jack Skellington. You know what, though? Going to come right back around. I know. We're like in the, the season comes. of holidays. That's like right. We got the triumvirate from here through the end of the, the year. That's 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 right. That's very astute. No, <laughs> what I mean is that Halloween's going to come back around next oh, year. Oh, you're man. talking about the next Halloween. Yeah, I'm talking uh, about next Halloween. They do tend to do that, don't they? Holidays. Next come Halloween. Pull up my notes here. Uh, yeah. So did you guys have a good weekend? We did have a good weekend, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, mean, I, you got, and I'm not just saying like you guys <laughs> is in like the editorial. Like Jenna's here yes. as well. The aforementioned, or not aforementioned. The aforementioned. <laughs> the aforementioned from previous episodes. There you Jenna, go. Jenna, girlfriend. That's good. That nice I, cover. I do bring up a lot. No, uh-huh. thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, no, guys, I, you guys had a good time? She, yeah. We were talking about Halloween now? Yeah. <laughs> the original question. <laughs> we did, man. We got to, oh, it, it's everything you want out of a holiday, a Halloween season. We got to dress up, right? Got to mm-hmm. see a ton of like Halloween movies. Yeah. Went to a haunted house. Oh my God, dude. I haven't been to one of those in like 10 years. Yeah. They've come a long way. Where'd you go? With the theatrics. There's one that opened in Plano. And Dark Hour? Yeah. It's yeah. only the third year they've done it. Have I you kn- been there? My friends run it. No way. I could have gotten you guys in. Son of a bitch. Dude, it's expensive too. It, it is, was like fifty yeah. something dollars. For every the two every of us. time they open up. Yep. They told me every time they uh, every time they open up, uh they have tickets for me at the door for Son whenever I want to show well, Is he like a big guy? He, no, no, is... no. He actually isn't even in town right now. They did oh. a tour for the uh for the past week. They went around the country to different haunted houses. Oh, this is the nice. first year in forever that they weren't here for Halloween. Oh, it was really well. Some guy was chatting me up behind the bar, and he was asking a lot of questions about our experience. Like, yeah. did we like it? And gave us some passes. that we do it year round. Uh-huh. But yeah, man, the just the they're doing like wire work now, like a fucking matrix great. movie. No, that the production they, really over there good. is fantastic. I, my, my buddy Michael uh, is very skilled. He's been doing the uh, he's been in the haunters life. Uh, for a while now, like he was one of the the, the people that opened up Haunted Verdun Manor uh, back in the day. I don't know if you remember that. Nope. Uh, and Thrillvania. Have you ever yes, heard of that one? That's the other one. Did that one? Yeah, franchise is and so up. and so now he set up his own thing with Dark Hour. Uh, it's it's really impressive too. Yeah. And like there must be a hundred people on 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 the payroll there uh-huh. or something because you got the ticket makers. But then everybody in like it is quite. I feel like I got my twenty six dollars worth. Mm-hmm. It's good they're, times. They're really good. They do a lot of and you know not just the the effects of the uh, attraction itself, mm-hmm. but the character work, the people that yes. actually perform. <laughs> and they've got their timing down. It, they they know like when just to get you because you're expecting it, uh-huh. and then it doesn't happen, and then yeah. you've moved on, or s- somebody else will get you from the front, and then that's when they come from behind. Uh-huh. They're really trying to yeah. tag team you. Yeah, 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 yeah. They mm. they misdirect. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so let me ask you guys this. Ask away, uh, <laughs> Jenna. You could shout out. She'll your yell into too. my microphone. Uh, but comparing this to when we went to that haunted house where we got to do like the the guns and stuff, the zombie, oh, the zombie experience. Yeah. <laughs> how, uh, how now? How do how do those measure up to you? Well, I have less battle scars from this turn. <laughs> yeah. Last time, uh, poor Jenna like ran into a wall and had a bruise <laughs> on the side of her face for like a week. Yeah, and uh, I got headbutted by like the butt of a gun, like headbutted uh-huh. literally, and had a nice little mark on my forehead. It's good times. Was now is there something about like having the gun and doing the whole zombie thing that made you a little? Did it did it make you more tense doing it that way 
than just walking through a haunted house attraction? Yeah, because I feel like there was a responsibility aside from just like, because then I'm given a choice of fight or flight, uh-huh. whereas my natural response is <laughs> tucking my tail between my legs and running you like a girl. Definitely the shaggy of our group. Of <laughs> Swings? <laughs> no, yeah. I meant like the life is one big party when you feel it. No, we didn't really get to do anything uh, crazy for Halloween. Uh, we just, we've still been juggling and and getting into the swing of being parents yeah uh and so uh we didn't really get to do much and honestly this whole weekend dude i've just been like recovering since (laughs) friday night like oh yeah i've been like i woke up on saturday and i was i was sore i didn't think i was going to be but i was sore like my my entire body was what was friday night friday night um when, I, when the I, moon I, is gone, right, I'd gone. <laughs> yes. Gonna have some fun, show you how it's done. Oh my T-G-I-F. God. Yeah. Uh, So we we were trying to figure out what we were gonna do for dinner, mm-hmm. and Sarah was like, "Why don't you know, you go ahead and just cook a burger on the grill downstairs." I was like, "Wait, I don't think you're really in the mood for a burger. Let me go out and I'll see if I can find something." Uh, oh, and so yes. I I went and I drove uh to about. I drove about 75 and lovers mm-hmm. and kind of turned back around. I do that when I try to find something to eat and I can't figure out what I want. I'll drive down, I'll see if I can strip. find something. Yep. And then I decided, you know what, I'm going to just come on back. I'll go to 75 and Forest. There's a few fast food places. Yep. And while I was on my way back, uh, there was a huge wreck that, that happened. Uh, I see in my in my rear view, there's a Jeff's already heard this whole story. Oh, no. uh, in my rear view, there's this car like just jetting in and out of traffic. What? Like, through in the, oh, in the cars. God damn those and, people. Yeah, it ends up. I guess hitting the retaining wall on the left and then zooms back over to the right and hits this white car that's right next to me. Uh, and they both start coming into my oh, lane. Shit. And I decelerate and they both kind of come into the lane. And that's when this car breaks off yeah. and st- and just keeps driving. The white one. And No, no, no. The, the, one, the one that hit the, the white perpetrator. one. It pulls off and then just keeps driving. Meanwhile, the white one goes into the retaining <gasps> wall on the right and flips That's over. the one that flipped? Mm-hmm. The guy got away? The guy got away. You're kidding You're me. You're skipping to the end. Sorry. Uh, oh, no, it's I know all, these answers. It's, it's all good. Justice no, it's must cool. be served. We'll Tarantino it. So <laughs> the beginning of this movie would be like some guy sweating in a car Sorry. that's wrecked. And like he, but he's driving and just trying to get away. You see the the flicker of the light, the engine. Ding, ding, That's ding, right. Ding. That's right. On his face. And then we like cut out. back woof, to like you know now these guys in a white car like listening to Wham or something. <laughs> uh, I would have gone aha, but I'm so, with you. And so uh, so no, in my periphery on my right, I see this white car flip. Jesus. It completely flips. I slam on my brakes. Did it and do cut it in slow motion like the, in Transformers? No, mm. no. And there wasn't like a Michael Bay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So uh, so I pull over to the uh, to the shoulder mm-hmm. and I get out and I run over to the car that's now like upside down. Jesus. It's smoking, <gasps> and the front of the car is basically flat. And I'm thinking, pictures. I'm about to see like some dead some people. Grizzly this is shit. Gonna, this is gonna freak me out. Ugh. But I hear like, I hear like this this pounding. <laughs> I hope I didn't just piss off your neighbors. <laughs> uh, and so I run around to the side uh, and I see like in the in the driver's side window. That somebody's like on their knees and they're pounding on the window. Oh my god! And, and I'm trying to. I'm like, okay, okay, just calm down, calm down. We're gonna get you out of there. And me and this other guy try like prying the door off. Well, obviously, there's no way we're gonna do right. that. So I start. I'm screaming because there's other now onlookers who are just kind of hanging out. I'm like, oh has god. anybody got a crowbar? Does someone have a crowbar we can get this thing open with? And then I, I hear, I hear someone go, "Fuck that." And it's this, you know, oh, no. this, this gung-ho, I'm going to be the hero redneck oh. comes walking around. He's got one of those, like, box cutter razors. And he comes over and he starts just, like, trying to stab what, the, 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 rear, window? the rear window open, like, the trying to bash cutter? it with a box cutter. 
And it's now he's like, it ain't working. I'm like, no, no shit, shit, it isn't yeah. working. Why didn't he try to kick it in? I don't know. Okay. That wasn't <laughs> anybody's. To be a hero. I mean, I am I'm wearing Chuck, so I'm not about to try to kick <laughs> a freaking window in. Uh, but then that's when this old guy comes up and he's got a sledgehammer. Yeah. He's like, I've got nice. a sl- I've got a sledgehammer, and I'm like, uh, cool. And so I take it and just swing away. <gasps> you did that? Mm-hmm. You swing away? Like uh, Joaquin like, Phoenix. Like Merrill. At the end swing, of signs. Swing away, Merrill. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, so I swing, bash in the rear. Well, I ask oh. the guy first. I, I go, is there anybody in the back? And he's like pounding on the window. I'm like, hey, you need to calm down. Yeah. Is there anyone in the back seat? And he shakes his face. head. He's like, no. I'm like, all right, get back. You guys, get back. Wow. And so I, I bash the back window open, get down, and pull the uh, pull the, the shattered glass off and climb into the back seat yeah. and start like getting, first I get the passenger out, and the driver's having a hard time because he's he's not exactly pinned, uh-huh. but he's got like this, he can't get around, and he's got the, the seat in the way, so I have to pull the, the headrest off the chair and I managed to oh get him out as well. Dude, you're a fucking hero. I get dude, whatever. Holy shit, you I, dragged I this, people. Anybody would have done this. Tell and me there was you like would have done this. Eh, is that whole fight or flight thing I was just talking about? I'm not so sure, Jay. <laughs> I, I think the heat of the moment. I think you would have done this yeah. though. But I get out and I'm, you know, we're checking on the guys, and the guys like, dude, my phone's still in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right. And so I rush back in the car. I don't know why. Rush back <laughs> in. And I'm trying to find this guy's phone. Meanwhile, like I've oh, got no. like fluid on me. I'm like, what is this? Oh and no. Hopefully it's soda because I see a soda can. Yeah. Uh, and I'm looking around for this guy's phone. Meanwhile, the freaking passenger side front window gets bashed in. Jesus. And like glasses flying. Who and did it's, that? It's the redneck the fucking with, the hero. Freaking, with the with the razor ended up getting the sledgehammer <laughs> and tries to bash in the Keep window. Keep all those things away from that guy. Right? And so I tell him, I'm like, dude, oh, I'm Jesus. in here. And he's like, I'm trying to find their phone. I'm like, all right, So dude, you can destroy it with a not, fucking sledgehammer? Right. Not <laughs> worth this now. We got them out. Yeah. Uh, and so... Uh, I I can't find it, and I'm like I'm I no this is we can we can settle up on the phone a little bit later. Let's just get out of here and check on these guys. So I get out, and you know we've got there's uh, an older blonde woman who's like got her hand on one one of the guys, and they're like praying or some shit. Wow. And uh, you know this other dude's like, did you find my phone? I'm like, no, dude, I'm sorry, but you know the firefighters they're on the way. I see them coming up. You know yeah. there's sirens and lights in the distance. I'm like they're gonna find it. You just chill. Don't. Guys, do not let them fall oh, asleep. Yeah, concussion. Uh, and so, you know, eventually the uh, the firefighters and emergency responders get there, and they got there pretty quick. And, I hope uh, so. Your tax dollars are took And we t- and they, they took statements and stuff, and none of us could describe what the car looked like that hit them. Isn't like, that the just, worst? I know. Once, once the white car flipped, like, we couldn't focus. We, we were like... The car, dude. The car could be black. It yeah. could be dark blue. Could be dark red, even. And in those instances, like eyewitness testimony is the worst possible because it's amazing. I've seen studies done on like how everybody's memory is completely different, even though they witness the exact same thing. Yeah. They kind of project their own shit on uh-huh. it, and it's, uh, yeah. Oh, that's, that, so, that is that so, fucking pisses me off more than anything else. Oh no, I've seen those assholes bob and weave through mm-hmm. traffic, and they don't care about the carnage that's being left behind. Yeah. I hope that motherfucker saw that shit. And uh, feels guilty for the rest of his oh, life. Oh, I, I hope he gets. I hope he gets caught. I, I went really home and like caught. went on the news to see yeah. if he had killed somebody in that accident. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised nobody died. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I was you relieved. Saved him, I was relieved that like they were Bruce able to Willis in uh, Unbreakable. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me why, there was like a baby that you found I in the like, glove compartment. Why can't I be like Bruce Willis from Die Hard? You had to pick <laughs> like his worst Just movie. Just say no. What? No. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. guess what we're doing next week on the editing. So that's day. so that was that was my Friday night, and dude, I end up going back into my car and like and I just sat there because my arms, my hands were yeah, shaking. Adrenaline, man. Uh, and 
end up after a while, and that's when like then the rain came down. Like I was going to say, wasn't there a torrential downpour in the middle of this? Right after I got back in my car. Wow. And so I drive off and I go to Taco Bueno. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to get some nachos <laughs> from Taco Bueno because uh, I am done. See, being so close to death made you realize that the, I your last meal on this planet <laughs> should be. I haven't tempted fate enough. Four ninety nine beef fajitas. Yeah. And so uh, wow, so I dude. go home and Sarah and I kind of have a post game about it, and mm. I had sent her pictures. I was like, okay, Holy I'm shit. sorry, I'm like not fucking around like this is why I'm not home yet and uh, and before That's I went a pretty good alibi as, as I, I change and I go to sit down watch TV with her and eat and I put my hand on my knee and I'm like ow shit lift up my PJ pant and I'm like I'm bleeding Glass. I'm bleeding from my leg I was like holy crap so we clean that off and we sit there and we watch TV a little bit go to bed and suddenly, like, I, I move my hand a certain way, and <gasps> ow, what the ah. fuck? I look, and I've got a piece of glass sticking out of my finger. Wow. Look, how did I not notice this <laughs> shit? I saw your Band-Aid on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I hold up their chance. I'm, I'm doing good now. Good, good, good. I'm doing good. So Dude. that was my Friday. And before, you, before I went to bed, Sarah was like, you should take some aspirin. I'm like, why? I wasn't in the wreck. She's like, you might be sore tomorrow. Yep, just from the tenseness of your muscles, right? And I was. I was completely sore. Oh, Even shit. up to, like, today, I was still, like, really sore, really lethargic. Oh, and. God. Yeah, it was wow. it was it was nutty. I'm well. I'm so proud of you, Joe, for doing that because yeah. No, seriously, I've I've been learning recently all about that whole I think they call it the amygdala hijacking, where it's your fight or flight's uh, uh, natural instinct kind of comes into play, and and what people do and what some people do. Yeah, and you uh, you jumped in there, and <laughs> saved lives. I don't know if I I'm saved proud. lives. I think let's you know, just, yeah, I but when scared. we tell it, when we retell it again, I was scared because of the smoke that was coming up out of the and car. The baby in the and the And when I looked, <laughs> and I looked and saw in the window, and it's filling up with smoke. Jesus. Later, though, I realized it was from the airbags. It was the smoke yes, from the airbags. That powder. So nothing was on fire. Did you see the key in the ignition? Did you pull that out? Because that's the first thing you did. Wow. No. Wow. Rookie. Rookie move. It was. Yeah, I know. It's fucking bush league, Joe. <laughs> I know. Jesus. Next time. I apologize. Next time, have your wits about you. I hope there is. I hope there isn't a next time. I really. I really don't. I don't want there to be a next time. So yeah, that's that was awesome. that was my Friday night, um, and that's uh, and that's part of the reason why I wasn't really too hyped to like. No, I don't blame let me you. hurry up and get a costume together for yes. Halloween. Well, it's hard to like want to be fake scared after that when you've been real scared. Yeah, um, yeah. Everything everything pales in comparison. <laughs> cool sledgehammer story though, man. You don't hear a lot of stories about sledgehammers. <laughs> I guess not. I'm trying to segue because the movie we're talking about this has, week, this movie that we're talking about this week, has a sledgehammer. There in is it. a sledgehammer. Yeah, a huge one. She she uses it to fight. Uh, an evil ex. What we're going to be talking about this week on the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel. And uh, this is where we come to talk about movies. <laughs> Sometimes they're bad movies, uh, but I'm not even going to go into that whole spiel because tonight we're talking about a really good one. Oh, my God. Uh, we're talking about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Woo-hoo. We've been threatening to do this since the beginning, I think. But but at the since time... The be- since the beginning. <laughs> millions of years ago. <laughs> but we always thought, you know, we used to do just exclusively just bad, bad movies. movies. Uh-huh. And uh, there was no way it was ever going to happen. But I'm glad that we've gotten a little lax on that policy. Well, and, and I think it, it mostly started with last year when we decided, like, for the holidays, the we wanted to do, things. like, our favorite things. Loved it. Uh, and it and it showed us that hey, people want to hear about the good ones too. Mm-hmm. And this one's one of my all time favorites. Good God. I love Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Classic. Uh, I was a big fan of Brian Lee O'Malley's books that I have sitting He's right got here. Got to stack the entire collection. There's only six of them. Yeah. Okay. And in fact, they made the movie when there was only five. I, I heard that. Like, like they started filming right after he finished writing the yeah. last one or something. Yeah. The uh, in fact, the books end differently than the movie does. Well, the movie ends differently than the movie does. Actually, there's an alternate ending that was shot. Yeah. That we'll talk about a little later. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I find it intriguing. Yeah. Look like what it has to say. <laughs> so what the story is, uh, uh, on the surface, this is basically just a, uh, it's it's a hipster love story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it, it, it's all those. 
I don't want to say it's all those typical uh, romantic comedy tropes, but it kind of is. A little bit. It's kind of the... Uh, but thrown 20... in a blender with like Street Fighter mm-hmm. and comic books. Comic books. Yeah. yeah, superhero stories. It's like the 21st ver- uh, century version of a, of a John Hughes film. Yes. Just with a lot of... Uh, a lot of I don't want to call it eye candy and gimmickry because... Because there's something a lot deeper It's not work. befitting to this film. Yeah, it actually uh-huh. serves a purpose. And I think that's what elevates this from just like, oh, it's just a... Um, it, this is what elevates it from the Adam Sandler Pixels movie uh-huh. where it was like, oh, we're just going to play to people's nostalgia and who cares about actors yeah, or people story. Don't care. People need a story. Exactly. And that's the interesting thing about Scott Pilgrim versus the world is the fact that it, it works, uh, and you use the word elevated. It works from a uh, an elevated perspective as far as story, plot, but also just from a technical standpoint, what they did production-wise with this movie elevates it in, yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, it's some subtle and some not so subtle, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of the things that I really do enjoy, like what Edgar Wright did with this movie, and I don't know if that has something to do with Brian Lee O'Malley's writing and his books, the source material, mm-hmm. serving as perfect storyboards for this movie and how it gels really well with Edgar Wright's style of movie making. Uh, but you've got like the, the Edgar Wright touches, the, the bits where you've got some kind of a random piece of audio that accentuates like an action yes. or something. And it, it isn't throughout. distracting. No. Uh, and and it adds to the feel. It adds to the feel that this whole movie takes place like, think about like the Mushroom Kingdom okay. in Super Mario Brothers. Right. This movie basically takes place in the Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> it's just that it's presented as just you know a regular metropolitan area of you know Canada in Toronto, Canada. Yeah. Uh, but they start planting the seeds fairly early mm-hmm. of like, well, this is a different kind of Toronto, Canada. This is this is something that you're not going to be familiar with, even though you're very familiar with it. Uh, and, and it happens, you know, when Ramona talks about how Scott has a special subspace highway and running through his head. <laughs> yes. And, you know, if someone's watching this casually, they're like, oh, what a weird thing. This is just the way kids talk nowadays, I guess. <laughs> but she l- is literally saying, you have a warp zone <laughs> in your head that I used to get from place to place. I like that. That would explain why he starts having visions about her before he even sees her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love that about this. <laughs> I, I, th- this movie gives me so much that I can kind of pick apart and, Dude, and analyze and not in a horrible way. But in this, I am completely delighted yes. by how we're presenting this. Absolutely. Way. And that my first note for this is like, where do you even start with a film like this? Because mm-hmm. there's so many different aspects of it you can talk about. Yeah. There are great acting, great writing. This, it, the film itself, like, you strip away all the the metaphors, you know, the comic book and, and video game imagery metaphors. This is still a really solid, funny, it's, it's witty, very good, tight uh, uh, teen comedy. Well, basically. It, it's, a, it's a teen comedy that is brave enough to tackle a topic like. You know, at its heart, it's about being able to get past who you know your your partner's past. Yeah, getting, exactly. Getting past that their experiences and the people they've been with, because I, I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like it's a typical thing when you when you date someone and you start to get serious about them mm-hmm. and you learn more about where they come from mm-hmm. and who they've been with in the past. There's a bit of uh, there's a bit of comparing yourself. How, oh, do you, how do you measure up to these people that they've been with? Mm-hmm. And trying to defeat that. Yes. Defeating the evil exes. Yeah, it's all a metaphor. De- yeah, exactly. Kind of defeating that that idea mm-hmm. uh, of who these people were and what was it about them that they liked and how can I shine brighter than you, them? And reconcile and, that with yourself. With yourself. Yeah. And then also don't don't be a hypocrite in the process mm-hmm. by 
forgetting that you've got a past as well that's that they're having to deal with and you're just focused on your own bullshit when together you guys can figure these things out as long as you're open and honest with one another this film is just (laughs) like it's got there's there's so much and it's so it's so relevant and it it's uh, I, I got. I want to use the word. It's important. It's it's it kind a, of is. It's imp- yeah. It's a really. It's an important film. But it's that tells an important story told in this candy coated mm-hmm. wrapping where it's 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 palpable. It's easy or, or palatable. Easy uh, to to kind of digest. Yeah. There's a lot of food. I'm hungry. So if there's a lot of food <laughs> metaphors, I start using. It's like a bacon cheeseburger. This movie. Joe. <laughs> uh, no, I totally agree with you. And one of the things we were talking about this. Um, the one of the things I love about it. You're talking about the progression of this character and the things that he has to learn. Mm-hmm. And yes, he's not able to defeat each of these exes yeah. uh, until he learns a little something more about it and, and figures out what she saw in that person. And yeah. like you said, kind of you know reconciles it with himself. But I also like the idea that, and this is something that upon subsequent viewings I've, I've thought about, that Knives, I, I think Knives and Ramona are uh, are almost as important as Scott in this in this. You know, this is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Mm-hmm. But the three of them, I almost feel like, are the same character on the same arc. On the same but journey. But in different mm-hmm. stages of the journey. Yeah. Knives is, this is the first Knives little boyfriend Scott, she's had. Knives is Scott pre-Envy. Yes. Or, or circa Being Envy her, Adams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Scott is where Ramona was before she decided to come to Toronto from New York. To move away from it yeah. all, to, to move on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, And then she's at the end of this trying to pull Scott to yeah. where he is. She's, she's struggle. She's enlightened, but at the same time, she also runs the risk of being pulled back into right. where she was. Has to fight as her we own all demons. Are. We, as we all are. We're always, she still hasn't rectified that within herself, mm-hmm. specifically Gideon and what Gideon represents. Yes. And, and even earlier than that, with a little bit with Roxy, which is one of my favorite The Roxy moments. sequence... Is is so good. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I, I, think, I, I, think we're gonna... I stopped myself because I was like, I'm totally cutting him. No, off. no, no. We're we're on the same path here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of my favorite moments in the film um, because at that point we've already set up. We've got the 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 structure mm-hmm. where he's got to fight or, or defeat, uh, not fight. Like the, the video game, like going <laughs> level like to level. level. There's different seven levels. levels in this movie. And mm-hmm. they're even kind of, you know, the, the visual imagery at the they're, end. They're literally represented as well as figuratively. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so uh, where was I going with this? The Roxy Richter. Yes. So we've set up that every time he, he does the battle, we get the visual, the verses. Mm-hmm. See. And, and when it's first introduced with the whole Matthew Patel story, <laughs> I remember seeing this in theaters and was like, oh, now I get what yeah, this movie's about. Yeah. Because that's a good 30 minutes into this film, which mm-hmm. is why I say even without the comic book stuff and, and the, the, you know, the, the fun visual things they're doing video game-wise, it's still an enticing film because it, it keeps you for that 30 minutes until we get to well and, these and, sequences. and i think the big mistake is thinking that it's 30 minutes before it gets into the movie because well, when they start the fighting they it isn't it. really it isn't really when they get into uh, agreed uh that isn't really when they get into the movie and I, i'm very impressed that even from the word go in this film the 8-bit universal thing <laughs> that it's not only a, it's not only a goofy like throwback way to open a movie but it is getting you in the mode of like, mm-hmm. what are we about to expect? What, you know, even if you don't notice it, like your subconscious does. Yeah. Uh, and so you're getting a little bit of that. Okay, we're getting acclimated to this world. That that 8-bit thing is getting mm-hmm. us in there. Uh, and then they don't, they do an excellent job, rather, mm-hmm. uh, of setting up the exposition of who Scott is, mm-hmm. what he's all about, w- where he's been, and what his trajectory seems to be mm-hmm. within the first five minutes like of this movie. Like it's that first scene of them in With, the house. Y- well, them in the house added to him and Knives together for the first time. Yep. And they do it not only with his character, not only with the dialogue, but with their surroundings and what's peppered around in those surroundings. Mm-hmm. And then as as conflict is introduced further into 
his his life and into his social circle, you get to see some of that kind of deteriorate in the background. Again, you know, a master a master level of attention to detail. Oh my with god! Right, this thing has been produced within an inch of its life. Mm-hmm. Like every, I've seen it a couple dozen times now, and I feel like I catch something new every time. Yeah, and even I was kind of re- reading the IMDb trivia, and there were a few more things in there that I didn't even catch. Yeah, so there's so many layers to this, and that's what that's what you want in a film. You want something that is on the surface, like entertaining, easy to you know from a visual. And a, and a feel standpoint, but like mm-hmm. on subsequent viewings, you're able to find something deeper in the story, deeper in the filmmaking, the way they shot it. Just uh, yes, this is the definition of the word intentional yeah. filmmaking. Yes, everything is there for a purpose. Uh, I mean, a, a great example of that is when Scott first sees Ramona, and you you start to hear uh, a little. Uh, no, 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 no. You're in. See, you're talking about uh, when in the bathroom. In, in the bathroom, I'm talking about when he first physically sees her. Oh like yeah, he's, he's with he's, knives he's, in the library. Yeah, and she's checking or dropping off a package and, at the front. Yeah, and you hear <laughs> you hear the uh, the opening, the instrument. God damn it, Jeff loves it. The instrumental, <laughs> uh, the opening of Garbage Truck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And if you notice when that first starts playing, you hear the bass once at the very beginning mm. and then it cuts into him at the house playing and Stephen Stills turns to him and says you played one note that <laughs> whole song that was the note that was the note it's it's like you said it's Ooh. very intentional and it's I mean it, it blows your mind <laughs> when you sit there and you think about it and there's also again there's also some really great like you know even more subtle things that they do like when when fights happen uh, the way Edgar Wright is able to pull your focus with the manipulation of aspect ratio and frames in this Dude, movie. Yeah. Like when you'll suddenly see like things start to narrow yep. or they'll come on back. And it's so subtle the and, way that it's mm-hmm. done. Mirroring what they used to do in video games too during uh-huh. during cutscenes when it would kind of go into that super letterbox mode to yes. let you know yeah. this is an important... Yeah, going back to sound design though, I, this may be like my favorite thing about the film, because, mm-hmm. which is a tall order with all, with so much going on visually, yeah. kind of capturing your attention. The The... Uh, sound design and the audio transitions and like you said the little things in the background so I wrote down a few that I I had noticed before subconsciously huh, huh, <laughs> but didn't uh, pick up on so there's that uh, scene after after the first fight with uh, or, or before the Matthew Patel fight uh-huh. when they're coming out of the uh, the, the battle of the band we go from uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> decipher my notes Scott's heart pounding transitions into testing the mic that's yeah. what it is when like oh, knife no. shows up yeah and uh and he's got the little thing in his head what do i do i gotta go i, I have to go yeah it's his heart pounding and then it turns it's into the the, doom, the, doom, doom, the test mm-hmm. testing one two three yeah little things like that uh-huh clever and it, it, it's all throughout and this is something that isn't exclusive just to this movie that edgar wright does you know oh, you God, watch yeah. the the, the cornetto trilogy uh the the you know especially Shaun of the dead uh you know hot fuzz not my favorite my least favorite mm-hmm. of three i think yeah um but but Shaun of the Dead specifically, and and the thing is, at World's End, I think I've seen twice, so I can't really cite that as much. Mm-hmm. But Shaun of the Dead is filled with this as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there, there's there's so much going on, and that you can you can almost overlook. And and I think this is this is why Edgar Wright deserves more credit than he gets as a filmmaker. Uh, and and you don't it, think he gets a lot of credit? I don't. Not no. Not not. Uh, He's not a household not name. Not mainstream. I don't think he gets the the, the kind of credit mainstream wise that he should get. Yeah. I think that uh, I think that Edgar Wright is w- one of, if not the most talented uh, and visionary modern director. Absolutely. of our time. Uh, it, He's not like James Lipton right now. <laughs> it, <and I> know, <laughs> one of the greatest film of all time. <laughs> 
What is your least favorite word? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm really, whenever I see that he's got his name attached to something, it excites me. Like Ant-Man. Even we Ant-Man. talked about Ant-Man. He didn't end up and, directing. And, but we saw what his touches were, you know, those those little touches of Edgar Wright in that movie. And it makes you wonder, like, man, what would have that? What would that Edgar Wright movie? What would that have been like? Well, the world will never know. And that's too bad because he he had too much style, mm-hmm. and Marvel didn't want it to be an Edgar Wright film. They wanted it to be a Marvel film, yeah. just directed by somebody they could control. Uh-huh. You can't control Edgar Wright. Can't can't hold him down. Can only hope to contain him. <laughs> uh, you were talking about the beginning of the film, yes. And I want to. Uh, we can't talk about this film without talking about those opening credits. Uh-huh. <laughs> which are one of my favorite things about it. Um, well, first of all, just the style that it's done in. And so mm-hmm. I did a little research on it. It's actually like drawn-on film. They call that style like drawn-on film animation, where it's actual film strips, mm-hmm. and somebody has painstakingly painted over over the actual film. So there were no cameras involved in the making of that animation, just just the film. And then they take it frame by frame, and I yeah. guess... I guess at some point you have to photograph it or scan it. So, <laughs> so that way you can. There, is, there is a camera, but uh, <laughs> but I love what it's done. And if you notice, mm-hmm. all the actors, yeah. there's a little vignette that goes on behind them mm-hmm. that kind of tells their entire it tells story. Their story. It tells in the like story. Three seconds, or yeah. you know, whatever the math is on that, forty-eight frames. Yeah, <laughs> it's really brilliant. It's it's and amazing. It took, it took me like the third or fourth time to kind of realize. Oh, those are the triangles from Gideon. Yeah, and, and, and then there's the, the, the skateboard number two. With Lucas there's Lee. number two with Lucas Lee. Yep, yep. Yeah, no, it's. It, again, your 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 brain is being delivered all this information to set you up for who these people are and what's going to be happening in this story, uh, without saying a single word, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, I, I can't even think of dialogue that's wasted in this film. No, like it a is moment of dialogue, an economy of uh huh, mm-hmm. and and it, and it's delightful. Yet it still serves the purpose of the overall arc. I find myself uh, there. Na- naked <laughs> quite often especially when <laughs> Cover- Mary, Mary Elizabeth Winstead covered on chicken grease cover yours Jenna earmuffs <laughs> let's talk about Mary Elizabeth Winstead no uh, but um, well, my point was going to be uh, well while you're what trying to figure out what <laughs> yes. your point is going to be when you said Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh-huh. uh, I want to get back to that Roxy Richter fight yes because uh, I think that's a very important moment of that movie mm-hmm. not only uh, the fact that it is probably uh I, I I don't know. It's it's the most turmoil mm-hmm. that Scott and Ramona really face. Like it is the pinnacle um, to uh, to to their relationship, and it's the the biggest test at that to that at that moment. Uh, but it's also when we actually see Ramona having Scott's back, like literally yeah. having Scott's back. But there's something that's um, that's really awesome about getting to see Ramona. Start the fight with Rock. <laughs> I and, love that. I get chills every time. Well, and because of what it represents, like this is something that's. Uh, it it seems like it's it's a moment where she realizes her mistake mm-hmm. in this relationship because she says it in the dialogue that it was just a phase. I dabbled in being it, a bitch. It, not just I dabbled in being a bitch, but it was a phase. You went through a sexy phase, mm-hmm. and and you see Roxy go. It was just a phase. Yeah, and I feel like Roxy. <laughs> Facing off against uh, or Ramona facing off against Roxy like this is her way of taking responsibility for what it is that she did. You know, it's it's bad. Is she you know, you you shouldn't treat someone like they're just a phase. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, it's time for everyone to get over it. Don't blame him. Like if it was done in dialogue, that's how it would have been. Don't blame him. I'm the one to blame. Uh, You know, and then meanwhile, you got Scott who's like, you know, punishing Ramona because she has a past. Yeah. You know, and that's that's a horrible thing to do. Yeah, no, I do love that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially, um, y- you're talking about when she's picking the fight, 
And she says, just a phase. I was a little bi-curious. Yeah, I'm a little bi-fury. <laughs> One of my favorite lines. Mae Whitman's amazing in this. She's great in this. I totally forgot uh, that she was in, uh, she, she was in, whatchamacallit, uh, yeah, what Arrested Development. Arrested Development. And then also, oh yeah, with She's Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. And uh, was a little girl in Independence Day. She was the, oh, that's uh, right. the daughter of uh, the, president's the president. daughter. Mm-hmm. Wow. And this movie has probably my favorite performances from a handful of actors. Oh like, yeah. People Some that, little known people. People that I don't generally like. Some people I like okay, but mm-hmm. some people I don't generally like yeah. who I love in this film. Like Michael Sarah. Uh, I'm not a big Michael Sarah fan. <laughs> I like he a, definitely has a style. You yeah. either like it or you don't. It uh, can get grating after a while. I like Arrested Development okay, but not because of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked Superbad, but not necessarily because of him. Yeah. I love this movie, and I feel like he holds a significant amount of weight as to why I like it. If Michael Sarah didn't work as Scott, obviously, yes. this movie wouldn't have worked at all. And it's hard to cast, and it was difficult to kind of recast, although mm-hmm. at the same time, maybe not. But uh, because you need somebody who's kind of, uh, he, he was very likable, yeah. but that you can still follow with him on the journey, even when he's being kind of an ass. Uh-huh. <laughs> which he's, he's definitely an ass, and you're not always rooting for him. No. But you're rooting for him to see the error of his ways and what he's doing. Well, the thing is, he's, he's a perfect protagonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just flawed. for this movie, but just in in any kind of storytelling sense, he's a perfect protagonist because we get the saves the cat, uh, where <laughs> you know what makes him likable, uh, and then we also get to see him decline from that and then come back, uh, which is great. You root for him. For a while, even though he's being an ass, you root for him because he is your avatar in this world. Mm-hmm. He's he's your gateway to this to Toronto. Uh, but when he does finally fulfill his destiny, uh, and 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 it's wonderful how you get kind of that misdirect too, where it's like Scott earned the power of love. Well, yeah, do you think that's it? That's not enough. It's not though. what like, he... you truly can't love somebody else until you accept you and yourself, mm-hmm. and thereby accept someone else for mm-hmm. who they are. Solo, Ralph. then you can love. Uh, and so that's when we got Scott earned the power of self-respect, <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, which I think is a great lesson. Yes, if nothing else. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, there's a lot of a uh, lot of psychology that can be learned from mm-hmm. watching people beat each other up. Yeah. in anime style. Um, other performances, other people. Brandon Routh. I like Brandon Routh. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't until this. Well, because up until this point, he had done Superman, and everybody mm-hmm. kind of blames him for ruining that. It wasn't his fault. It at wasn't all. his fault. And he's proven himself to be a movie. to be a good uh, uh, an actor uh-huh. uh, in retrospect. Yeah. And yeah, this film is one of them <laughs> because you hadn't really seen him do comedy before. And mm-hmm. he kind of plays that big oaf yeah. so well. Oh God! The scene where he's uh, <laughs> explaining about the the cleaning lady. She comes on Mondays because it's it's Friday <laughs> now. Tell that to the cleaning lady on Monday because <laughs> she <What>? dusts. Because <laughs> you'll be dust by Monday. That's what it is. What? Because <laughs> yeah. the cleaning lady, she picks up <laughs> dust. She dusts. She dusts. <laughs> so why Monday? Monday? Well, because it's Friday now, <laughs> and she has the weekend <laughs> off. So Monday. Monday, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> He's so good. At it. It's it's amazing, and it's great delivery. It's great bit of writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Nobody is a villain though in this movie. You know, even the evil exes yeah. aren't exactly villains. They're just products of their circumstances. Absolutely, and everybody has their own issues they're trying to deal like with. Like you said earlier, you know how Knives, Scott, and Ramona are mm-hmm. different stages of this same character arc. All of them kind of exist within their own. Their, their their own stage of where yes. they are of accepting themselves and accepting the other people. You know, even Gideon, an argument could be even made for Gideon. Yeah. He hasn't made it to that point where he respects He's himself enough path. to have that kind of empathy to understand someone else. Uh, you know, you even get a little bit of that, that snide, you know, I was kind of in a dark place when I was yeah, yeah, yeah. So, No hard feelings. No hard feelings. <laughs> uh, 
I I love Jason Schwartzman in this movie. He's fantastic. And I generally like Jason Schwartzman anyway. I kind of have a weird little man crush on Jason Schwartzman. Mm, I can see that. Uh, Because he looks like me. (laughs) With the glasses. Exactly. I get it. You look just like Jason Schwartzman. You're not the first person to tell me that, Jeff. Crossed with with Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) This keeps getting better and better. (laughs) Keep it going, man. Jeff Schwartzman. (laughs) Throw some Jogo Liv in there. You got me. No, but real quick, going back to all the characters kind of not being, they're totally 3D characters because, like you said, they all kind of have some sort of depth. You see their story. And I think that is um, explained or or, uh, shown more by the fact that there is an alternate ending, and I mentioned this earlier. So uh, have you seen this on the DVD? No, I don't know if I have. I don't know if I have. They basically, okay, so in the the Scott Pilgrim We All Know and Love, at the end of the film, uh, the exchange that they have outside after he he fights with Nega Scott uh-huh. and uh, decides to have brunch with him the following day. He's a really nice guy. <laughs> He's kind of, kind of cool. We're having brunch tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, from that point on, the movie has two different endings uh, in, the, in the theatrical cut and that's also on the DVD. He, of course, uh, Knives kind of tells him, Neil, go, go after the one you've been searching for. And Which he, was he the only thing I could really pick apart from this movie where she's like, you were fighting for her the entire time. The whole time. time, yeah. I'm like, well, well, that kind of defeats the whole earn the power of self-respect bit. Yeah, but, but at I get the what same she's time, saying. Yeah, exactly. He, yeah. She was the one that he was smitten with and like that's that's kind of love that has to be there whereas for better or worse he obviously didn't feel that way about knives knives wasn't because he liked her yeah he was working through his own shit we could we could liken it to uh to jack nicholson telling helen hunt you make me want to be a better man Mm, yeah and that's what that's what ramona flowers was for scott yeah it it, it made him become that uh, it made him want to be a better person himself so in the alternate ending he ramona tells him no stay with knives and he and knives end up together yeah and it's about the same length it's not a long ending uh-huh. i just thought it was interesting that this story is eh, so complex of relationships are complex enough that you could have an alternate ending this wasn't something that was storyboarded like they fully shot and edited it yeah M- must have been like another week worth of production mm-hmm. uh, and a couple mil uh and then ended up scrapping it for the original i think they made the right choice i do too uh because you ca- you can't you can't suddenly introduce like when you've se- you've spent a whole movie mm-hmm. where Scott's uh, tackling him himself and the the memory of these people to defeat the seven evil exes. I'm I'm being too metaphorical about yeah. this though, but just to to on the surface to defeat the seven evil exes of one person, you can't have him overcome and then become a better person himself. And then end up with someone else, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, that you didn't develop the relationship with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There is nothing throughout the course of this movie leading up to the end that would indicate that it is Knives and Scott's story, like that they should be together. Right? It is Knives' story. It is Scott's story. Mm-hmm. It is Ramona's story. But it it is it isn't. They're not Knives. supposed to intersect. They're not supposed to be together. They yeah. are not the destination. And I even like how they still kind of leave it a little ambiguous at the end, where he's just like, "Do you want to give it another try?" It doesn't mean it's going to work. No, yeah. But do you want to give it another try? And here they are now uh, laid bare, and it's yep. very honest between the everything. two of them. They he's, know the score. He's worked through all of his issues yeah. with all of his evil exes. And then they hit, they hit the star road <laughs> from Super Mario. <laughs> I love movie. that. I'll, I'll admit, there's a couple of references in this film that I don't get because it's just jam-packed full of pop culture. Uh-huh. Uh, there's the scene right before um, they fight, right before... They go backstage with Envy and Todd mm-hmm. when uh, Knives finds out that uh, they used to date. Yeah. And, like, like what's-his-name walks in front of her. Uh-huh. Young Neil walks in front of her, kind yeah. of wipes, and she has that blank face. What is that from? It's an emote. It's just an emote for shock. 
Okay. Well, yeah. I thought there was some deeper meaning no, to it. No, it's just an emote. And I was always embarrassed to be like, I'm not quite, no, I don't that's, that's how you would type an emote. Like if you were shocked, like back in the day before you could just click on a picture. All right. That's how you would represent shock. There you go. Yeah. Learn something new every day. See, there you go. <laughs> 10 years or five years. What? Yeah. 2010 is when this movie came out. Yeah. Five years later. God, it seems like it's been around forever. It seems like it's been around forever, but Dude. it still looks fantastic. <laughs> yeah, oh, it, this is going to hold up for a while. Uh-huh. Uh, no, it's totally classic. I wonder, do you think they've made their money back by now? Because it had like an 85, 90 million budget. I'm, I'm glad you brought this it up. It was not, uh, it was. It opened like fifth, the mm-hmm. weekend that it opened like because 11 million. As, as great as this film is, and you know, that point could be argued, and you would be wrong uh, <laughs> if, if you were to say it wasn't. Uh, this this movie's fantastic. This is a great movie. Like just the, the definition of it. You know, we've covered it performance-wise, production-wise, previs. Like there's oh a lot God. of work that was done in this movie, and it all... You know, from from a film fan standpoint, it pays off, uh, and it didn't perform well in the no, theater. No. And why? Like, what, why, what? What's your <laughs> guess? Why do you think this film didn't perform as well? As I don't know how I would have marketed. I don't know how you cut together a trailer and and show what the essence of this movie is because it's not a film that can be distilled down into like two minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only parts that are easy to show are oh, you know, we spent like fifty million on these effects. Well, let's show that off to at least. Yeah. Uh, show this promise to the audience hey you're going to see some crazy stuff without any sort of story in a book mm-hmm. and also like the name like this isn't a household name no this is we're Nobody not talking character. Batman or Superman this Nobody is a, knew the property you know at the time this is a really obscure comic book yes franchise. by an obscure director and with the biggest name stars like Michael Sarah that mm-hmm. isn't necessarily you know pulling pulling people into the seats <laughs> right unfortunately but it feels like something like this could have been a lot more successful uh, if marketed correctly virally I think so. I think it was trying to, they, and it's old school marketers, like, you know, you got to buy billboards, and yeah. you got to show X amount of commercials, and you got to have the, the stars on Jay Leno. Uh-huh. And it's like, well, that, the audience you're going for, the under 25 audience, doesn't, like, blocks out that type of uh-huh. advertisement, isn't looking there. This is the kind of movie, I mean, obviously they're two completely different films, other than the fact that they both have Aubrey Plaza in the cast. But I compare this movie a lot when I talk with people to uh, Safety Not Guaranteed. Oh, interesting. Uh, just because they're both fantastic films. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic films that had the balls to do, like, at, by the end of the movie, you're like, yeah. I can't believe they yeah, fucking like, did that. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Safety Not Guaranteed is also a, a really strong script yeah. and a great story about relationships mm-hmm. and regret. And, uh, again, you could explore the metaphors of what's actually going on in the films. And, you know, the, the way that people change their outlook on each other and it's like mm-hmm. did it work did things work you know where he's like you talked to her and she didn't yeah, so that, that means, means it, it worked. worked she's you alive know? when and, you and you can sit there and go well okay he's or just crazy. He's crazy or you know but that's love that. the fun of that film is that you get to fill in those gaps yourself mm-hmm. and what they give you they don't just say like here fill in the gaps yourself they still give you a really substantial story mm-hmm. that's really fun that's almost impossible to properly compare or, or not compare to to properly uh, uh Describe to someone mm-hmm. when you're trying to tell them, like, you need to watch this movie. Well, why? Uh, I don't know how to yeah, tell you. This. Just because. Mm-hmm. You'll know after you watch it. Yeah. But getting that two but, hours right. in the seat. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I can see what you're saying about this movie. Like, it's it's hard to market in a traditional sense. Mm-hmm. And but that's so was Fight Club. There's nothing traditional about this movie. Yeah. There's, you know, this is where you do. You've already thought and outside the box and broke new ground telling the story. Mm-hmm. So you break new ground telling the story as to why you need to see it. 
And I feel like the studio failed Edgar Wright and this film by not doing that correctly. It's become a cult classic, though. And I, I think if they haven't made their money up, it gets shown on IFC. And uh, I, I, <laughs> we dressed up uh, for Scott, as Scott Pilgrim oh and Ramona. Pictures were fantastic. And we got things. It was funny. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have to put those on the, on the Facebook page. Yeah. But uh, we were getting recognized. And uh-huh. people knew. Um which uh, kind of made me hope a little more for, for humanity. Yeah. Yes, this movie's getting out here. That shirt is iconic. People know it. I was really, I was really hoping. I, I was hoping you would have dyed your hair. No, who, me, her? You? Me? Yeah. No. If anything, I was going to buy a shaggy wig. She was wearing a Jenna over here was wearing a, a pink wig. It, it looked great. Yeah, yeah, with the goggles and the co- she, she still the purse. has the purse. She's, She's got, got the, the purse. purse exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's a great costume. Uh, yeah, I loved it. So, what else do you have here? Uh, what else do I have? Uh, okay, so we talked about the sound design and visual effects, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, there's some great stuff. We the, haven't talked the much soundtrack, about the soundtrack. The soundtrack. The mu- this is a great like musical. F- Amazing. Well, just a musical. You Amazing. could call this a musical. Yeah. And in fact, Edgar Wright even said he kind of pictured this as a musical, mm-hmm. where instead of you know they always say in a musical when when the characters can't explain their emotions through words anymore they break out into break song. Out song in this movie they break out into fights yes and i like that about yeah. it but uh yeah. in the book there's like sequences there's musical sequences. well that's the first intro of matthew patel where yeah. he starts bringing out into dance his little bollywood <laughs> and, sequence and you get stacy pilgrim's like what dude and that was that is masterful filmmaking because i remember like he really puts you in her shoes uh-huh. because from that point we're really kind of switching into a, you know, the movie's been surreal up until that point, and now it's even going to get crazier. Uh-huh. Uh, and she kind of helps lead you through that yeah. by by saying and doing what you're thinking. Uh-huh. Like, what? Well, We're singing now? And, not, and see, I love the idea that they've just gone into this, like, Street Fighter-style fight, and it isn't until Matthew Patel starts singing that makes Stacy go, what? what? <laughs> like, exactly. this is the thing that doesn't fit. <laughs> Uh, I, I also love the reference to, you know, the, the old school video game reference when he defeats a villain, they turn into coins. The coins like Super Mario. He collects them all, yeah. And then by the end there, when he beats uh, Gideon, uh-huh. level seven, just yes. raining from the sky. He literally made it rain, He Joe. did. He made it hail. Because mm-hmm. ca- Canadian money. <laughs> but just a lot of good music in here from some of my favorite bands. Beck. Metric. Beck did that uh, mm-hmm. Ramona song and some what, of the score. What did you think of the uh, the cover of the Metric tune? Uh, it sounds very similar. I didn't know they were using a cover. Well, is that they had singing? they had her singing it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, she's got a very similar sounding voice. And in fact, I didn't know that band when I saw this movie. Oh wow. And I was like, oh, I gotta get the soundtrack. Uh-huh. That's a cool song. The I've... soundtrack. The soundtrack like blew open doors. Like for me musically, I was like, what? Who's this? Yes. Same thing as you. I was like, mm-hmm. who are these people? I'm gonna have to buy this. Good download. Coming this to too. town. Metrics coming to yeah. town. What is that next? month the end of the month before thanksgiving <laughs> and uh and then also getting the score you know if i if, uh, basically I, I had to track it down but yes. got a, a copy of the score which is great because you know i'm a child of the 80s with nintendo and super nintendo and getting some of that like that orchestral legend of zelda thing going yeah. on oh that's, i'm i'm that's impressed wonderful. he was able to uh, talk nintendo into letting him use that stuff because what, they what? have no reason because, to because they had this legacy of like great films like Super Mario Brothers. Well, and Double no, Dragon. well, but the, the argument could be made that it's easier to just say no than to say yes and risk your tunes being uh, uh, married with uh, something that is of questionable quality, which yeah. this film isn't. Um, yeah. But they didn't know that at the time, and they're lending the uh, the Zelda themes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Edgar Wright had. A I mean, good it, it opens the, the like yeah, you get the, 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 the opening the yep. opening uh, crawl down From, like link, uh, link to the past. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, the best the Zelda best. games, the best. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Case could be made. 
Um, but yeah, apparently he, he had to talk Nintendo into letting him use that. Wow. Uh, but he was basically saying that that theme, the Zelda theme, is like the storybook theme of our generation. Well, it is It a is a very book once theme, upon a time. But it also tells kind of a story about a young hero who has to find <laughs> yes. strength within himself yep. to save a princess. They even to save the, 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 and the land. They even do the thing, and, and, and Hyrule. That's right. Hyrule. And the dark AKA Hyrule. AKA Toronto. They, oh, that's right. Yeah, the, yeah. the link between worlds. They even... Um, I love what they do with Neil because Neil, young, Neil young Neil throughout the entire film is referred to as young Neil, mm-hmm. and then near the end when uh, <laughs> just be known as he will be Neil. known as Neil, which they totally do in the Zelda. You know, <laughs> he goes from being a, a young Link or something to yeah. Link, right? Yeah, in Ocarina of Time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, great soundtrack. Uh, I love the scene. There are so many like ideas in this movie, and I don't just mean like the metaphor that we've been talking about, but like little encapsulated scenes, and I'm talking about the the, the sitcom sequence where yeah. they use the, the Seinfeld theme uh-huh. song as an intro yeah. and the audience laugh track underscoring uh-huh. it. It only lasts for like maybe 90 seconds. Not too long. But it's so fun and mm-hmm. appropriate for that scene. Yes. Um, and, and then it's just poof like that. It's over. Uh-huh. This film is chock full of shit because like that. Because then you watch, you see Wallace turn a TV off. Yes, when they're in the no, middle of the conversation, the oven. he's cooking oh, and the he oven? switches the oven. Off oh, I thought he—I'd like, always thought I thought he'd like turned off a TV or something. Uh, there is a switch in there, but, but again, one of the that's skillful. a great touch. Mm-hmm. That's a great touch. Oh my god. Uh, okay, so have you ever been in that situation with you know that Knives and Scott when Knives is inviting Scott to dinner and Scott now realizes he does not want to be in this relationship that yeah. there's that there's someone else. I mean, and that's that's rough that Scott's kind of already slept with somebody else and now he's like. Okay, and she's just declared that I, you know, I, and I love, love. He literally washes it away, away from his uh, face. Yeah, uh, sorry to step on your line there. Did it? No, no, no. That's fine. <laughs> did it make you uncomfortable? Uh, I mean, that's what's great about this film. Is like, there's a. We've all kind of been in all of these situations. It's we've been the one universally related. Yeah, we've been the knives chow who was way more into the other person than the other person was into you. Uh-huh. Scott experiences it from both angles because yeah. he's way more into Ramona and has to deal with not reciprocating uh, knives' uh, um, uh, feelings. Yeah, there's a lot of moments in here that where, like, where it's kind of oh, like I've been there. I know what yeah. that feels like. Yeah, and or it, oh, you're such an asshole. Why are you treating her this way? Exactly. But I see the thing is I've been the asshole that's treated somebody mm-hmm. horribly and I've been that person that embarrassed myself by c- completely declaring oh, Jesus, you know yes. I love someone who didn't feel that same way uh, back the worst and so like th- scenes like that like almost it's like it feels like a knife a twisting twist. yeah just like a knife uh, feels like a knife and then I can't chow because <laughs> I have no appetite uh, a fun thing about the knives chow character mm-hmm. in the books and um I can't remember if they tried to do this in the movie or not, but in the books, after Scott breaks up with Knives, mm-hmm. Knives' father tries to assassinate oh, Scott Jesus. like several times throughout the story. Oh, there's this, interesting. There's Defending this, like, her honor. Yeah, exactly. And there's this dude who's just kind of in the background who's trying to like take Scott out at every opportunity and never gets a chance huh. uh, because it's almost like a Wile E. Coyote thing where he kind of gets like defeated uh, indirectly because of Scott fighting somebody else. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this dude is trying to like kill Scott. Interesting. And you find out later that it's Knives Chow's father. 
and so, yeah, no, that's that's a fun thing. And then ends up like he's cool with everything after Scott makes his peace with knives and like apologizes Aww. and takes responsibility for what's happened. I like that, but I guess you got to draw the line somewhere because yeah. there are so many characters. Even as I was recasting, I'm like, holy shit, I have like 15 people here. I, did, I, I cast so many people. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. I stopped short of the Katayanagi twins because it's like, I don't know. I, still, I cast them too. John Cho and yeah. cast him twice. <laughs> do a, do a social do a network. Trap. Oh, so uh, I was going to say, yeah, more like the, uh, the what are they called? The Winklevi. The Winklevi twins. That's right. Uh, Army Hammer. What else? Uh, Envy. Mm. Uh, to, to touch on a little bit more of what I was talking about, like how, how you relate and how you feel about uh, a certain situation. Yep. The Envy Adams character, I, I think, is interesting the way that it's presented and who she is. Uh, if you've ever had a situation where you've broken up with someone who's, who treated you horribly, mm-hmm. who really broke your heart and did it in a very ruthless and hurtful way, mm. and to see like the world love and accept them while you're kind of stuck in obscurity, that feeling that uh-huh. everybody accepts them uh, while you're kind of left in the dirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe I'm reading too much, and that's the fun <laughs> thing about this movie is that you know you can kind of draw Put your, your own shit things. in it. You, yeah. can, you know, whatever. It's like the cave from The Empire Strikes Back. That's right. What's going to be in there? Whatever you take with you, or uh, um, or your power animal from Fight Club. That's right. Slide. I'm yeah. referencing Fight Club. Well, do you remember that? Where he turns into you keep referencing the Fight Club. I do. I love it because in a lot of ways these films are are similar in uh, their acceptance. Mm-hmm. Fight Club was not did not break box office records. I don't think debuted at number one, and in the decade past, you know, is is right up there with the classics. Yeah, uh, and I think this film's on its way to do that. Probably too early to tell since it's only five years old. Mm-hmm. But God, I hope so, and I think so. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised it speaks to you and me. <laughs> because because we're, we're so different, uh, we're no, polar no. opposites. No, no, I mean you're I mean, like nega Joe. We're t- <laughs> we're together. <laughs> I am alternate universe. I even have the goatee and everything. Yeah, That's yeah. right. Yeah, you got this <laughs> clean shaven. Um, no, I mean our our era. We're 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 pushing forty. The yeah. two of us. Uh, I, th- I think we're still kind of on that. We're 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 in that bubble though. Still, mm-hmm. where this speaks to us. I, I mean. We we're talking about a movie that draws a lot of references from video games from our from our time. You know, you're talking about Legend of Zelda, Link to the true, Past, true. Uh, Street Fighter Two, oh stuff like God. that. These are referencing the things that that we did grow up with. Whether we were on the tail end of it or not, that I don't think that matters. We're still within that <laughs> bubble yeah. that this movie is speaking to. Um, we were old enough to have significant relationships to understand what these characters were going And that's through. what it is. The young 20-somethings are, probably aren't getting uh, as deep the, yeah. the, the subcontext mm-hmm. that is intended. Or maybe yes. I'm reading too much into it. You know. <laughs> but that's the fun part of this movie. <laughs> I also love, uh, this movie is highly quotable, mm-hmm. um, and there are uh, several quotes I've kind of taken into my, my own life. Yeah. The, uh, uh, <laughs> whatever somebody asked me, what's, what's that from? As if I'm making a movie reference or something, yeah. I will respond with my brain, <laughs> my brain, <laughs> as Mae Whitman does. Uh, and then, uh, um, was that not clear? I will respond. Was, it, was with, that not uh, clear? Was that not clear? Or was it? Was it not clear? Pull and, it together one and more then time. Everybody Scott. around, everybody around you will just kind of like, uh. <laughs> Joe, for the band, for the band, for the band, for the band. For the band. <laughs> I love it. Uh, There's a rhythm and a pulse to this film too uh-huh. that it just it never slows down. We were watching it earlier, Jen and I, and uh, we'd have to stop and do laundry or you know feed ourselves because that's what you need to do to stay mm-hmm. alive. And finding a place to pause the film it's, is very difficult. It's so because you have to look like five steps ahead. The the only time I can think of where you can possibly pause this movie and it's not going to disrupt too much mm-hmm. is like 
after Scott gets like the list uh, of of the evil exes or whatever, right yeah. before they go up against the Katianagi twins. Yeah. Yes. Like, other than like, because that seems to be the only time where the momentum of this movie fi- they finally take a breath, and yeah. it's like, all right, they just had their little blow up at the club, and now, okay, here's your list. Mm-hmm. Boom. Here we go. Yeah, that's the that's that's the uh, that is what I've listed as uh, what it did wrong for me. Yeah, uh, to jump ahead a little bit. Um, that that sequence with the Kenny Nagy twins. I understand the, you got to get to seven seven evil exes. It makes sense numerically, yeah. but they're by far my least favorite. That's my least favorite sequence of the movie and unneeded. And yeah. at that point, that's when it starts to drag a little bit. Feels slow. I I see what you're saying, and and I don't completely disagree with you. I I definitely know that there isn't as much uh, care or development put into the Kadianagi twins. Uh, there isn't as much put into them in the books either. Okay. Uh, but what I do like about that is that it's not just Scott now that's fighting these guys. It's this sequence represents Scott finding his balance and kind of, or, or trying to at least mm-hmm. find his balance because before they start playing, that's when he and Kim have their moment where she's like, "Not that I care, but you should go talk to yeah. her." Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that kind of represents like a little bit of. They've they've made some headway a little bit. They they they've they they see they, not that they've rectified everything, mm-hmm. but they're starting to kind of patch that. And so what that represents for me is their you know their friendship, their spirit fighting up against the Kadianagis. It's Scott can't fight these guys on his own, and somehow like there's there's a little bit more of a camaraderie, and through yeah. that they're fi- even though at the end of that he loses his friends because <laughs> oh, he right. starts thinking about his fucking self again mm-hmm. and Not the uh, band. but at that moment the band for the band the band the band <laughs> uh and so that moment represents something maybe a little bit deeper than it should for me but i like that and it's also just kind of a visual feast it's, of like it's, these, it's these two the, monsters going yes, at the it's the only thing this snake. movie was fucking missing at that point was a Godzilla right? fight yeah why not throw that mm-hmm. in there that part i don't mind and i even like the little moment he has with knives she's in the crowd hooded you know kind of stalking oh, him oh god yeah foreshadowing what's going to come later but i guess it's more the fact that you know we've already seen all of uh, Ramona Flowers' past just, you know, paraded out, mm-hmm. and now it's like, it, it kind of cheapens her character a little bit to think that she was with, like, twins who don't even speak English. Yeah. Just for the sake of having this, this and that's, scene. And that's something that maybe you kind of uh, benefit from reading the books, like, like uh, that they couldn't put it in, that there it really wasn't, like, a sexual relationship or anything okay, like that. Okay, that's good. Would have been nice to know. Uh, it was just, like, like she dated <laughs> one, and, like, then, like, the and other one would kind of, like, take its place. Like, they just kind of switch Ew. in and out. There's a uh, name for that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh... <laughs> What are they, they call it the Houdini. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> uh, so, so I don't mind it. I don't mind that as much. But you can say like this movie does run the risk of getting a little exhausted by that point, sure, because you get so much development. There is so much going on, but you have seven evil exes, and so you've got it. And I kind of felt that way when I was reading the books that Brian Brian Lee O'Malley made four or five and six, like the just twins. Just, like, just get it over. We with. just need to get this over with. They need to get to Gideon. Yeah, we've told the story we want to tell. Yeah. Uh, and then we get we get to Gideon Graves, and that's great. It's a character that I I mean, even though we get him for ten minutes in this movie, mm-hmm. I, I fucking love Gideon. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. He's so good. I'm kind of proud of my recast on this one uh-huh. too. Uh, so I really I don't I can't I don't have too many more notes. Again, on this movie. like we could talk about this movie forever. Jeff mm-hmm. is hoping we don't, of course. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, all the stuff that we've pushed aside are like you know the visual effects the comedy the one liners yeah. the set design the, mm-hmm. the little visual um, hints there with the X's you're seeing the X's everywhere yeah. everything is just um, 
we could take a sequence it's, and talk about it for, yeah. for an entire episode. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and if, you, if you're not familiar with this, if you've never watched this movie all the way through to the end of the credits, not like oh, it's, yeah. a, it's not a huge deal. Yeah, it's fun, but though. But it's, it's really fun. You see this little title that comes up, says The End or yeah. whatever, and then like little video game Scott Pilgrim comes, runs up and beats it up. Punches which it. Which is the same sprite that you, when you play the Scott Pilgrim yeah. game on Xbox 360, because you the, play as Scott. the same designer uh-huh. uh, animated that quick little sequence. Yeah. yeah, Jenna hadn't seen that before, and I was like, stick around for the oh, credits. Oh, it's so too. cool. I and love you get that, you get that Anamanaguchi score, it's too. It's a nice button to the, uh, the, the the film as a total. Uh-huh. Pardon me. Got a little yeah. something. This is my, my pumpkin latte is repeating on me. <laughs> now, I had no idea the first time I saw this movie. I, I noticed it the second time I saw it in the theater because I watched, like, and I read all the credits. But Bill Hader as the voice of all the, like, the video The game. announcer? Yeah. I know. I love him. I've recast the announcer as well. Oh, did you? <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't do that one. He's uh, great, though. All right, so are we ready for this? I mean, you've already talked about like... Let's do it, man. All right, so what did Scott Pilgrim versus the world do right? I have left this answer blank because <laughs> yeah. it does everything right. The uh-huh. cat, I, I know it's a cop-out, uh, but I'll if I had to narrow it down, um, I'd say the cast. There isn't like a one-week link here. No. The cast is great. It must have no. been so fun to be on even, set with even all these like, actors. Even the support, like the, the really quick cameos, like Thomas Jane... As, as one, the, yes. the, and that other the guy who was from police. Star Trek, yep. uh, the vegan police. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> when they jump and you get that slow mo jump and the yeah, yeah with the, the high five. five in the back. Uh, we haven't really talked too much about Wallace, his gay roommate, Ooh, but like amazing. fucking steals the show in oh, every yeah. scene he's in. Oh yeah, and then all of his gay friends, uh-huh. <laughs> the other Scott. As Sarah was saying uh, when she saw what's her name who plays Stacy Pilgrim. Uh, oh, um, Pitch Perfect, Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. Yep. She was like Anna Kendrick. You know, this is the one. This is the movie that we're like. It proves that her being in Twilight must have just been a fluke. Absolutely, I remember yeah. saying that too. This is the first movie where she kind of jumped out at me, and I was like, "Oh, she. This is this is the person." I learned her name. Yeah, following her career. Yeah, a, a, a lot of good, a lot of good actors, a lot of good characters in yeah. this film. But yeah. but just not a not a weakling in it. Even young Neil is great. Yes. I love when he mishears or he's he's singing along <laughs> to them backstage. <laughs> When they do oh, the garbage truck oh song. Oh no! Oh no! My! Kind of mouths to himself. Uh, he looks so uh, defeated uh, and embarrassed. And who hasn't done that? I know. I, I've done it several times. It's so great. Uh, um, God, you know what I've got to say that this movie did right mm-hmm. is just the 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 care and the attention that Edgar Wright put into like just pre visualizing this entire movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and and doing not only this film justice, mm-hmm. doing the source material justice. Right. Um, this. I mean, th- there's no reason this movie should not please you, even as a casual film fan. If you have the patience and the, you can accept, like, hey, this movie's going to take some fucking wide left turns. Yes. Uh, but it's going to be better because of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this is one of, like, uh, you think crowd pleaser. And, like, this is this is it. Like, this, there, there are so many movies that I do love. But this is one of those films that... I can it, I can put it on and I can watch it over and over and over again. Yep, and I have. And it doesn't bore me because I feel like there's substance to it. It's not just a pretty film mm-hmm. and it doesn't just have some fun quotable dialogue. Oh, sure. There's something significant in this film and about this film that you can always draw something from. And uh, this... This is why movies are made. Absolutely. Is, is for something The whole like package. This. To tell stories and not just tell stories, but do it in a creative way that's mm-hmm. compelling. And and again, I'm going to come back to this word, important. This is an important film. Uh, and I guess I won't I won't stop screaming that like a madman <laughs> on a mountaintop Please don't. until this thing finds a, a, a seat among like the pantheon of greats and is recognized yeah. uh, uh, from more mainstream audiences that this is an important piece of film. This, this achieves... 
uh, some greatness, and this is why this medium was created. There's literally nothing like this film. Like, mm-hmm. what, what what would you compare this to? The, the closest thing that I can compare this movie to, and you're probably going to disagree, uh, is <laughs> Speed Racer. Uh, I think Speed Racer comes close. I don't think Speed Racer comes close as far as plot. No, or it scripting. doesn't have the sub. It doesn't have the. It doesn't have the depth that this movie does. But as far as visual storytelling goes, yeah. Speed Racer comes the closest I'll to this movie. I'll give you that. I agree. Uh, what did Scott Pilgrim? Just to reiterate, I guess sure. what did Scott Pilgrim yeah. versus the World do wrong? Yeah, I mentioned that sequence, the Katinagi twins. It could have been cut out. I know you still need seven evil X's instead of five, so I don't know how you do that. But uh, yeah. film started to drag a little bit, especially when you consider that once we get to level seven, we repeat it twice. We see him fail at once, much like a video game. Uh-huh. Has to go back get his free life. S- zooms through it the second time. Uh-huh. Um, I even love how to mimic a video game and going through levels. Yeah. The little uh, move that he, and we've all done this playing like, you know, Mario games. You've, you've played that boss level several times. You keep getting defeated. And, you know, there's always the dialogue at the beginning. And yeah. You read it the first time. You let it play out in real time. But by that 20th time when you're fucking trying to <laughs> defeat Bowser, you're holding the B button, like skipping through yes. all the text. And that's so what's that happens. going on. It yeah. jumps right to the, so you want to fight me? And he does that little <laughs> jump for her. Uh, and also using knives as kind of a... Um, Oh, in Mega Man 2, remember mm-hmm. there was that other robot that ends up being his brother yeah. at the end, yeah, 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 yes. but he always shows up in the boss battles. That's uh-huh. kind of how they treat knives, yeah. too. And you, just when you think it's over, oh, you got to fight one more. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know where I was going with this. But, oh, yeah, the yeah. Kainagi twins. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like. See, even when I'm talking about what I hate least about it, or like least about it, really like I it. transition to what I do like. Uh, you did touch on what I think this movie did wrong, and it's one really quick, quick bit uh, that I've... It just every time it's played out, I'm like, oh man, you know, you've shown a, a masterful attention to detail in this entire movie, and then there's this one thing oh, no. that's off. I, I don't know and what this is. You're gonna ruin it for me. It's Gideon, and you just you just talked about it when Gideon has his cane and he's like, you want to fight her for, for me? me? Yeah. The or, first time he does or, it, he's like, why would you want to do that? that? Oh, interesting. So it, you, that it's not the same word god damn it you know you gotta it's gotta be the same line yeah, i'll give that a pass uh, but yeah i mean it's like i said it's a very minor thing it's the most minor thing for me to pick on yeah. uh all right so if we were going to remake Ooh. why we would possibly do this i have no idea <laughs> but if we were going to remake scott pilgrim versus the world yep. how would we do that joel i'm gonna start with you want to ping pong because nope, there's so many because i, I just feel want to like blow through yeah i well I've definitely got a theme for mine. Oh, interesting. All right. Uh, then I'll go mine through mine first. I guess if you want to. Sure. Oh, you you want to go first? I, I'll go first. I'll <laughs> go first yeah? because I feel like yours is probably going to be a little more substantial than mine. I don't know about that. The theme of my recasting for Scott oh. Pilgrim versus the World, because there's no way I could have possibly done this. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the cast for this was perfect. Uh, so I didn't even try to recast actors, and I know this is going to frustrate you, Uh-oh. and that's why I want to get it out of the way. <laughs> uh, my recasting for Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is a collection of everyone who's ever guested oh. on the Editing Bay podcast. Well, do we have enough people? I guess we do, don't uh, we? I think we do. Nice. I think I had to like fill in a blank with somebody um, who, who wasn't, but whatever. Uh, let me just go through it. Gideon Graves mm-hmm. will be played by me. Of course. <laughs> The, the Katayanagi twins oh will be played by MVP, Matthew Fisher <laughs> and Danny Nichols. Danny. Nice. Uh, Roxy Richter, mm-hmm. played by April, uh, oh, who was on. She did right. the 13, 13 going, going on 30. 30. Uh, Todd Ingram, played by Matt Doden. <laughs> Lucas Lee, played by John Padilla. Nice. I'm throwing John Padilla a bone here because I know he loves Captain America and by the transitive, must love Chris Evans. There you so go. there you go. He's going to be Lucas Lee. Matthew Patel, played uh, by Luke Hawkins, who was on the Variance episode. Nice. That that's right. Uh, Walt Threlkeld will be playing Threlkeld. Jimmy. 
from the bar. Oh God! <laughs> Does this band rock or do they suck? <laughs> they haven't started playing. It was a test, Jimmy. <laughs> You passed. I love that scene. <laughs> that he's such a player. He just so picks good. up every dude. Wallace, again. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Envy Adams, played by Joel Bernson. What? Why? <laughs> Why not? All right. She's an amazing character, and she's very significant to the story. She's uh, emotionally manipulative. That's right. Just mm-hmm. like you. That's right. Uh, Como, the character Como. All right, damn it. <laughs> when, I knew we should have recast him. When, when, Scott, when Scott comes over, and he's like, dude. And he's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. We laugh, too. That's going to be Jeff Earnshaw. Nah, nice. Um, well, based on that one line alone. Based on that one line alone. Because I can imagine Jeff going, whoa. <laughs> uh, all right. Playing the part of Julie, the Aubrey Plaza character. Yeah. That would be Stephanie, who was on the Lone Ranger episode. Nice. Yeah, I see that. Um, That's funny. Uh, my, my lovely Sarah mm. would be playing Stacy Pilgrim. Aw. Uh, I can see that. Wallace, played by Brian Harden, the director <laughs> of Roachman. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, Throwing him under the bus, right, too. So, uh, Kim, Kim Pine, mm-hmm. played by the only uh, ginger that we've ever had on this podcast, Katie. <laughs> by default, there you Kim. go. Uh, young Neil, played by Howie. Oh, <laughs> Who is that? What, Batman? Uh, yeah, Batman. Oh. He's, he would be young Neil. But he's such an alpha male. And Neil's so I, I don't know what to tell you, Joel. This is my <laughs> casting. Right, you right. could cast however the hell you want. Will do. Uh, Stephen Stills, the, the talent, would be played by Jason Cox. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, and so now that brings us to our final three. Uh, playing the part of Knives Chow, that would be Hillary. <gasps> <Yeah. laughs> nice. Yes, Hillary would be Knives. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Ramona Flowers would be Jessica, who is on our burlesque episode. Yes. And the part of Scott Pilgrim, mm. played by Devin Pike. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes, who was on our, our Flash Gordon episode. Oh, perfect. Devin would be Scott, uh, and I would be oh the director God. of this. They will, Of course you would. Of course, <laughs> as you direct all of our lives. I love that. <laughs> what? That's such fan service, though. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, I did not do that. I didn't have anything clever. I'm just flat out uh, <laughs> I'm sure you were. You did more. You actors. put more thought into it. Uh, it, it, was, it was a team effort. I had Ramona over here helping me out here. <laughs> it My. took us all as a team to... To be, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I redid the uh, basketball. I did the announcer. Oh wow, that's a deep it's cut. A, it's a team effort. Jesus. It took us all working as a team to lose this game. <laughs> uh, the announcer. So in this one we have Bill Hader. How about uh, Brian Cranston? Love it. He does a lot of voice acting. I know I use him a lot. Can Brian Cranston play everybody in this sure, movie? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, young Neil. Uh, Jen had this idea. How about Dave Franco? Kind of playing nice. that naive young guy. Yeah. Uh, Kim. Um, I'm going with uh, Dakota Fanning uh-huh. on that. She's about that age. Uh, Stacy Pilgrim, the uh, 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 sister, the Anna Kendrick character. Mm-hmm. I haven't recast her in a while. Uh, she's manic enough. I think she'd be fun in that part. How about Mila Kunis? Yes, <laughs> from that seventies. Dude, show. I haven't seen her in forever, and then I just saw her on like a commercial for wine for or Jim something. Bean. No, for it's, Jim uh, Bean. Is that what it is? Or Where is she's it, like, uh, yeah. yeah, she's got like a cask. Yeah, and she's like, she's, I can't wait for this one to be ready. She's bottling whiskey for her man, Ashton Kutcher, because they're married now. You know that? Yeah. Well, you got to drink a lot <laughs> of whiskey to put up with that guy. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim is Ashton Kutcher. No, uh, <laughs> I'm Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> he just yells all his lines. <laughs> Uh, Gideon Graves, I like this one. Oh, I wanted to ask. Okay, go ahead. Oh, uh, it's ask me. I've ask got, me. I've got, no, 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 no. This, this it, Ashton Kutcher made me think of it. But after oh. you're done casting, okay. Uh, how about Shia LaBeouf? Is Gideon Graves? Oh God, he's kind of crazy. Uh, I did not do the Kanye and Naga twins. Uh, Roxy Richter. Uh, this one, she, I, I recast her and I moved her around. That's who I didn't great. cast. I didn't Roxy? cast Roxy. Yeah, I realized I didn't do Steven too. We didn't so have we enough. A lot. We didn't have enough females. But I did the Emma Stone Maybe. as uh, Maybe Roxy. I did Roxy. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. Uh, Emma Stone's good. That's I like good her. One. Julie Powers. The, uh, oh, we did do Roxy. That was April. The Aubrey Plaza version. Uh, how about Kristen Stewart? Nice. In that role. Because we love Kristen Stewart. We always do. Oh, come on. You don't like Kristen Stewart? No. 
Wow, really? No. No, interesting. Oh, no. <laughs> Not Kristen Stewart. <laughs> Kristen Bell. Oh, Christian Bell. That's what we meant. Christian, Christian Bell. For some Bell. reason, I wrote Christian, Christian Stewart. Christian Bell. No, well, actually, no. Christian, Christian Stewart Woodward. Bell. They're interchangeable. Christian Bale. <laughs> Todd Ingram. <laughs> Christian Bale. I love that video. We need to post that on the Facebook <laughs> We really page do. Too. Uh, Julie Powers. No, we did her. Yeah. Todd Ingram. Todd. He's the bass player, right? Big uh, lovable oaf. How about Channing Tatum? I use him a lot, but Perfect. why not? Perfect. Uh, the Envy Adams, a.k.a. Natalie, as we find that her mm-hmm. real name is. Uh, how about a real uh, superstar, Miley Cyrus, in that role? She comes in like a wrecking ball. Why do you want to ruin this movie? No, come on. <laughs> I do, well, I, no, I don't. Uh, Matthew Patel. How about Justin Long? In that, Love it. In that role? Love it. Singing and dancing. Lucas Lee. Uh, Jenna came up with this one. Of course, Chris Pratt. Got to put him in a film like this. He actually. I almost. And when I was trying to do real money. actors, I, I was like, Chris Pratt's going to yep. be in here somewhere. Getting near the end here. How about the Knives Chow character? Uh, I know it's hard to find Asians of this age. Uh, but I love the movie Pitch Perfect. How about Ellie Fanning? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I love Pitch Perfect, and I love the... Uh, the Whisper? The Asi- yeah, who... Uh, <laughs> the inaudible uh, Hannah Mae Lee is that actress's name as Knives Chow. Wallace, in my top three now. Wallace, I've saved for the end, or uh, near the end. Because there's an actor by the name of Ezra Miller. He's recently been cast as The Flash. I guess they're making a film version of The Flash wow. coming out in 2018. He was in Perks of Being a Wallflower, um, where he plays a gay dude in high school. And then recently he was in Trainwreck. He had a small uh, role in that I, yeah, that's as one right. of the interns. Joel, but, that's a good choice, but I can think of so many actors that are better than Ezra. <laughs> no, don't laugh at that. I've done that before. You've I know, recast and it's him funny before. every time. <laughs> Finally, Ramona Flowers. Uh, I have it. We had it narrowed down to two, but I'm going to make a call here. Call an audible and go with Or you could just tell me who both of them. Yeah? All right. Well, initially we talked about Kate Mara from uh, House of Cards. I Uh like her. She's kind of spunky and she could be dark. Uh, But I think she's going to be trumped by Emmy Rossum from, uh, what's that show on... uh, Shameless on Showtime and also from Because uh, I'm Shameless. And then finally, Scott Pilgrim. Well, when you can't get Michael Sarah, who do you get? You get his doppelganger. <laughs> that's right. Jesse Eisenberg, Jesse Eisenberg is going to be our Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. And that's my recast. Wow. Oh, oh and, and all directed. You got a director? I'm asking if you had a director. Yeah, I said me. Oh, you, oh, I'm, oh I'm that's directing. right. You're directing it. Yeah. My director is going to be somebody who is as frenetic a director as Edgar Wright. How about Baz Luhrmann? Baz Luhrmann. He's the only person who could do that. Yes. There you go. Okay, so you had brought up Ashton Kutcher earlier. Yeah, yeah, what's up? Um, The Steve Jobs movie. Mm-hmm. Did you go see it? Well, I did see it. Did you? What did you think? Was it good? Great writing, but a missed opportunity as far as the story being told. They wow. spent way too much time on the daughter relationship, and it's like... Nobody really knew him for that. You don't really learn about the character. I think more people wanted a, um, how does he relate to Apple? Like, did what's people, his story? Did people want it? Isn't it too, like, Sarah had, had mentioned something like this when we saw um, we saw a news report about which is so funny because everyone's like, Aaron Sorkin, Steve Jobs. Nobody's mentioning Danny Boyle at I all. Know. And eh. it doesn't, like, the stuff that I've seen, nothing looks like it's, no. you know, indicative of Danny Boyle. Like, I'm, usually you can look at a Danny Boyle movie yeah. and be like, oh, this is a Danny Boyle film. Unfortunately, it, it felt a little rushed. It, yeah. because, and they did just start shooting this in the spring, wrapped it in summer, and, and edited it and, and pushed it out. Wow. But it feels uh, not as polished. They didn't have a lot of time to... Uh, plan out the moves, mm-hmm. um, and it feels a little made for TV. And even I don't know if you know the pr- the premise, the story structure. The the Steve way they Jobs do it. created Apple, and then he dies. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean the story <laughs> structure in the way. Sorry, they guys. Tell the spoiler story. alert. Wow. <laughs> There's uh, they. You know, it'd be awesome is if, if like Steve Jobs versus the world. <laughs> he survives, and it's at the like end. done like Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Ooh, you get all the uh, all the Silicon Valley tycoons. Did, did you did you tell have, have you told Jenna like when we become uh, porn filmmakers like what our porn movie is going to be? Yes, this is gonna. Oh, look, <laughs> she, now she's interested. <laughs> 
leaning forward in her chair. Yeah. Um, no, we were going to do uh, Scott Pilgrim fucks the world. <laughs> that would be our first porn. That's right. <laughs> and so it would be. Uh, we'd get all the special effects every time. He, you know, like. Uh, you know, S- seven deadly sexes. Ew. Hey, there hey. You go. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Imagine you're, you're, the anime. You're, talk- you're talking about Steve Jobs. I was just really curious, though, because yeah. I know we've we've talked about that, and you're you're a big fan of the Apple product. I say see it because it's great writing by Aaron Sorkin. I just wish the story he were telling were better. But it's interesting how he structures the story. It's told yeah. in three acts. Yeah, and it's and like, like it's him doing his his presentation. It's before. It's right before a presentation, so yeah. you see the behind the scenes stuff. And uh-huh. I, I like that idea, but it felt a little gimmicky and unneeded. I would have liked to have seen a larger. Uh, scoped J- Steve Jobs. Did movie. they have a so, bit where like everybody's like, I'm not going to go in unless you let Rudy play? They, <laughs> then they, they all start chanting his name. Yeah. No, nothing no, like they that. Didn't do that. Not nearly Good as, for you, Aaron Sorkin. pleasing there. Was, there. was there a moment where someone was like screaming out, did you order the code red? <laughs> you can't handle the iPad. <laughs> uh, all right, so... Um, what? So that's it. Like, if you've got I any know. thoughts about Scott Pilgrim versus the world, or how you would recast this movie, uh, or if there's anything we didn't bring up that you've been screaming at your uh, your Apple or mobile device, uh, go ahead and let us know on Facebook. You can go to Facebook in the search bar, put in the editing bay, uh, and that's going to bring up a picture of a woman with some bleeding eyes. That's us, and that's where you can talk back to us and let us know your thoughts. Or if you have ideas for movies that you'd like us to talk about in the future, that is the place to do it. We've also got a website, right, Joel? We sure do. It is www.editingbay.com. Not the editing bay, not editing, not edit bay. Ooh, I'm almost there. I'm gonna do it again. Editing <sighs> bay. <laughs> Jeff, fucking face palm for that. I went all the way through 2015 without fucking it up. Well, we'll start well, again in 2016. Almost. I just stopped well, doing it. That's what it is. I stopped doing it. Editingbay.com, where you can go there and find out all things Editing Bay. We have links to our Facebook and uh, Twitter handles there. Twitter handle, by the way, if you want to follow us there, is at the Editing Bay. And on our website, uh, you'll find um, you know pictures from our last live show, all the archived episodes, almost asterisks. Um, um, what else do we have? They have merch. You can still order our T-shirt there. If you want to buy right. one of those, support the show. Yeah, it's a nice way to do it. Uh, and you can do that at EditingBay.com. I think the next live show we do, we're going to watch the animated He-Man movie just so we can, <laughs> we can basically recycle those shirts out. Uh, yeah, there you go. No one will ever know. But there's, Die Apollo, aren't, aren't there dates on those? Nah, maybe. Nothing that can't. Nothing a little, uh, <laughs> little, a little, little like uh, blade we could just shout out can do. Just scrape it off. That's right. Uh, all right. So if you get us on your Apple device, we would really appreciate it if you go to your podcasting app and leave us a rating and review. Uh, just go to that podcasting app and in the search function, put in Next Wave Radio. That'll bring up all of our shows. Well, at this point, all three of our shows. Uh, <laughs> and just go ahead and tap on the editing bay. Leave us a five star rating and a review because uh, that's going to help out. We were talking about you know live show and. That's the best way for us to try to get one of those together is to get some reviews and show people like, hey, look, uh, people like us, so please sponsor our product because we're going to do a kick-ass job. Uh, If you don't have an Apple device, it's all good. You got an Android, go ahead and get that Podcast Republic or Podcast Addict app and find us in the iTunes library using that and just download the show and listen to it and spread the word. Uh, Tell a friend, as, as I say on social media. Uh, sometimes you say that, yeah. Well, whenever I post a new episode, I'm like, rate us, review us, and tell a friend. Um, so yeah, leave us a rating review, and then when you're done with that, our other Next Wave radio shows can mm. use some love as well. We've got My Comic Life with Jeff and Sam, where they yeah. talk about all kinds of comic book nerdy stuff. Jeff, what are you guys doing this week? Uh, Ash vs. the Evil Dead recap. That's oh. right. That started yesterday, right? Halloween. Halloween. Uh, so yeah, Ash vs. the Evil what Dead. What is that on? Recap that. Oh, Hulu, Netflix? Uh, I must know. Stars. Stars. Oh, okay. Womp womp. Yeah, you tell me how that went. 
and we've also got uh, MVP with uh, Danny and Matthew. In fact, this week I think it's Danny and BC mm. filling in for Matthew. Uh, still talking about sports, though, basketball, baseball, some pro wrestling. So uh, give them some love as well. Uh, what are we going to be doing next week, Joe? Well, Joe, uh, as we said, Halloween season is over. We're not quite at the holiday season yet. And somebody at this table has a birthday coming up. Who's that? <laughs> That's right. It's you, silly hat. Oh, you know that. Celebrating the third anniversary of my 35th birthday. What is the word? <laughs> is it Wednesday, Thursday? It's going to be Wednesday. The actual, it Wh- is Wednesday. Wednesday. So happy early birthday. Thank you. Uh, and so in that spirit, we're going to talk about a, a birthday movie. We actually mentioned this director earlier. I mentioned John Hughes in oh, 80s no. movies, oh, so we're going to no. do the epitome of 80s birthday movies. Automobile? That's right. 16 Candles. Yes. On next week's episode. That'll be fun. I think so. I hope yeah. so. We haven't done a John Hughes movie yet, have we? I don't think we have. I think we did. Oh. Wait. Oh, was Wait oh, for oh, it. Home Alone 2. Home Alone no. wasn't, wasn't John that. Hughes. That was Chris Columbus. Oh, that's right. They're interchangeable. Well, but it was written by John Hughes, doesn't it? He just <laughs> yeah, didn't it. Yeah, it was. It was written by Jeff. Jeff, I still I get a hashtag. In that's my what I meant. So, 16 Candles next Yeah, week. man. Some Molly Ringwald. That's right. Uh, who recently returned to cinemas for the short-lived Gem in the Holograms movie. Was she in that film? She sure was. I heard it was like one of the worst openings ever. Yeah. Of, of, like it didn't even break the top 10, or I maybe it was number 10. I kind of want to see it. I wouldn't mind seeing it either if it were actually about what Jim was about. But well, what was Jim about? Jim was, was a thirty-minute cartoon about a bunch of chicks who played songs about like fucking guys and going to Rio <laughs> I'm and pretty stuff. Pretty sure that's not like, what it was about. Well, but for the Putting most your own part, little spin Jem, on it. you know, people celebrate what Jim was, and I think they over sensationalize. <laughs> whoa, I can't talk. Easy uh, for you to say what that what that show was. It, it didn't make great strides for like promoting <laughs> like a, a strong female protagonist. Yeah. It what it didn't. Uh, Jem was uh, it was it was stupid it it it, it was silly <laughs> wow. it didn't no but the thing is I'm all about female empowerment and making positive female role models uh, you know most of the things that I write I like to include and tr- I try my hardest as a man to write strong female protagonists and that includes like every time a woman's on screen that she isn't just talking about a man yes. or a relationship got past that Bechtel test it's, right the Bechtel test yep. uh, and so Jem. Is the complete opposite of that. <laughs> She's all about. It's all about the dudes. All about the D. Dudes and fashion and I mean I think Jim. they even say it in the theme song of Gem, fashion and fame, Gem. <laughs> like true. Come on, man. Yep. And so when people see that, they're like, it's not Gem. It's not the Gem. It's not that it's gonna suck. It's not the Gem I remember. Yet you know what? The Gem you remember <laughs> was, was written was written by misogynistic, <laughs> fucking fat. 50-year-old dudes, all right? So maybe give this a shot. Maybe pretend it's not called Gem in the Holograms. Maybe just pretend it's called, you know... YouTube star uh, gets uh, famous. YouTube star gets famous, and maybe there's something fun worth watching. <laughs> I don't think she's going to fight fucking crime. Just that's watch. Just give missing. it a shot. Watch the movie. If there's anything that we try to promote in this, and that's why the reason, even though we know movies are going to be bad, it's that give it a shot. You know, any movie... Thanks Killing, American Ninja, <laughs> Actually, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, yeah. or or <laughs> or Birdemic. Give it a shot though before you start saying like, "Oh man, it's not what I want it to be." You know what? Scott Pilgrim probably didn't look like what people it's wanted true. it to be. So you're here defending the gem film. I'm not defending the gem film. I'm kind of defending all film that like Fair give enough. it a shot. You can say a movie shit after you watch it. That's fine. After you take a look at it and go, "That movie was a piece of shit." Did you see it? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> then, yes, by your estimation, it's probably a piece of shit, and I respect that. Uh, but come on, yeah, dude. 
It's getting it's, a three point three. Right don't now, don't so. over don't over sensationalize sensationalize. Oh I can't say that fucking word. Uh, <laughs> what gem was? And I know I'm now I'm dragging this on. It's two hours long. Fucking gem of the holograms. Yeah. Yeah. That's huh? that's. <laughs> Not a good sign. Give it a shot, Joel. Uh, Maybe right. I will. So next week, we're going to be talking about 16 Candles. Jeff, thank you so much. Yay. Uh, Joel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Good, good journey. Yes, Joe. We don't like to say goodbye. Thank you. We say good journey. <laughs> I don't know how they did that in the movie, but no, have a safe trip. Something Jenna, like it was good to see you. Yay, Ramona Try Flowers. not to talk so fucking much next time. <laughs> I know. Roll a mouth on that one, right? <laughs> she I'm, knows. She's I'm, been told. I'm getting the one finger salute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, That's guys. My girl. Thank you so much for uh, for listening. We'll catch you next week for Sixteen Candles. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.